Yeah, great. Did I lose you? Nope, I'm here. What are you doing? Nothing. I'm recording a podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm Katie. And I'm Jason. And together we believe in intentional dreaming for international living. We left our lives and family in small town Iowa to move overseas. And now as it becomes a reality, we want to share our adventures and our experiences along the way. Let's say that last part together. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, and welcome to episode 34. We're glad to have you back. Yep. This is another episode of the Funk Travels podcast, and today we are talking about something really special that we did last week. But before that, um, how are things going with you? Pretty good. It's been it's been a busy couple of weeks. It seems there was a lot going on. Um, yeah, I mean, our we have work and uh, Turkish learning, kind of as normal, but. Uh, just a few other things have kind of filled our times, new friends, going different places. And then of course, like this wedding, um, whoops. Yeah. You ruined the surprise. Ruined the surprise. Yeah. Um, and we've been doing a lot of, uh, planning for, um, what we're doing this summer, which we'll talk about more, um, in the next episode. So, but yeah, it's been taking up quite a bit of time as well. Yesterday we went with some friends to a little town called Eskifoja. Yeah, it's actually just called Focha, I think. Well, no, it's actually, it's, I mean, it, yes, originally it was just called Foja, but there's actually an an Eski Foja now because there's a Yini Foja. Yeah, is that the actual name of the town yeah, or is that just... actually call it Eski Foja now because the new hmm. Foja, Yini Foja is like up the bay a little bit. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think, I think you can call it either one. I think people distinguish between the new and old town. Um, sure. By calling it Eskifoja and Uni. Because every time I say, oh, we're just going to go up to Foja or we went to Foja, people are like, oh, Eskifoja. Like they always say it. Apparently, mm. you don't go to the new one, you go to the old one. Yeah. Okay. That but, makes sense then. Yeah. Uh, so Eskifoja is about an hour away by car. Um, we'd been talking about doing, like going up that way for a while now. It's been a recommendation from mm-hmm. most of our Turkish friends. Um, and to go by public transportation would take us about two hours one way. And yeah, but just, it's pretty amazing that we can act, we could actually get there by public transportation. Right. I mean, it's a completely different city way out there, but they have um, we can take the metro kind of almost to the end because it like goes way out there for some reason, and then get on a bus for an hour and get there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, and there were people that were doing that, like. As we were leaving, there's actually like a very crowded bus coming in um, from yeah. the metro. But we had made some new friends recently and they said, hey, let's go somewhere together. And they gave us a bunch of options. Um, and this was the one that we said, yeah, let's do this. And it was great. We had a really good time. Yeah, it was fun. Um, it's basically just a little town on the seaside. I think it's Focha with a cha. Like a J, not a J. I think I was saying Foja, but it has a ch in it. Yeah, it's Foja. 
Focha. Yeah. Um, but this little Focha. town <laughs> Focha, is situated um, on the Aegean coastline. It's north of Izmir. And basically, it used to be a Greek town. I mean, it's Greek, Greek, Turkish, Turkish. Because um, I asked at one time what the name Focha meant. And they said that it comes from a Greek word. And they said the Greek word, it was a little bit different. And then eventually it got translated into this word, Focha. Yeah, it's named after seals. Yeah, because they actually have like seals in this area. Yeah, we didn't see any though. I think you'd have to maybe take a boat and go out. But the like logo for the town is a seal coming out of the water. It's yeah, it's it's really nice. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, and like a lot of these old towns, there's there's old buildings along the the coastline, and something that Greeks, I guess, used to do is put the year that it was built above the door. And so some of these houses we'd seen were built in like the late 1800s, and they have like the name, the Greek name of the people who built the house or something on top. And so it's pretty cool to see, oh, that's a really cool looking building, and it's 130 years old, you know, and that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, and they've all been nicely redone. They've tried to keep some of the historical district, historical looking. Um, mm-hmm. And they've just done a really good job with it. And yeah. um, it, it basically strolls all the way around the coastline of like the Aegean Sea. And there's just a bunch of buildings that line the coast. And um, while you can swim in the water, there's not really a beach area in the middle of town. You kind of have to go a little bit on the outskirts of the town. um, I think they've got like one designated beach spot um, where they have umbrellas and some chairs that you can sit at, but we didn't see anybody really swimming. Um, Yeah, I think there were two, but they were very small. To get to like a proper like beach, you have to go outside of the the old city. Yeah, there's tons of restaurants. Um, You can choose things from like Turkish meatballs, like Kofte to fish restaurants and um, and have little appetizers with with fish and everything's yeah. fresh from the sea. Can I just say like this is this is a side note, but whenever I hear a Turk who's speaking English and they're talking about kofte, they they call it meatballs and was like, oh, we can get some meatballs. And <laughs> for some reason, it just always sounds really funny to me because that is just not something we would say in America. What do you want to eat? I want meatballs. Yeah. You know, we just we just don't say that because meatballs are like, you know, you have spaghetti with meatballs or you have a meatball sandwich or something like a meatball sub at Subway. But we just don't have meatballs. And so I, I think it's... In my mind, it's it's kufte, like that's a thing. But it's kufte isn't meatballs; they're they're different. I don't know. That's just a <laughs> glimpse into my brain. I for think you, I babe. would almost call them like miniature hamburger patties. Like yeah, but you don't eat them like a sandwich. You don't eat them like a hamburger. I know. I it just meatballs doesn't sound right, but I don't know a word to. Yeah, I don't think there is a better word. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> they're delicious. Don't get me wrong. No, they're actually really, really good. Um, so you can yeah, but we up- we had fish, didn't we? Yeah, we had fish that day. We decided to go to a fish restaurant and have um, appetizers, and we basically picked out our fish that came from the sea. We've talked about these types of restaurants before. Did we talk about them last week? Yeah, we. I think. 
yeah, maybe the Bullock Rocker restaurants. Um, meze being one of our favorite foods. And so this would be a mm-hmm. place that does meze, does these little appetizer plates. Yeah, it's very, I think these are very popular in this part of the country where you go and you, they have just like a case full of these appetizers and you pick four or like five, six, how many you want. kind of. And you share them and then once they're done, they bring you out the fish that you picked and cooked. And it's it's fine. Um, every time that I've had it, I've enjoyed the meal, but it's not something that I like pick that I would go to. Because I think here's something. I like food that's like mixed together. And so like I like a bunch of different textures in my food. I think this is the reason I don't like steak really either is because it's just meat. Like I'd much prefer a sandwich to a steak because of the variety of textures. And so in this way, like the meze is great because you have meze and bread and, and whatnot together, but then they just bring fish and now you just have to eat a fish and I, yeah, so <laughs> sorry, <laughs> this is not another food episode. But. Right. Um, overall, I mean, I really enjoyed the restaurant that we picked. It was nice because in the morning we had just walked around a lot and we walked around a lot after lunch. So this was a nice kind of in between. Yeah. Like, just sit and relax. And sit, talk. relax, talk, you know, that type of thing. Um, yeah. uh, there's like three kind of main things that people go to Eskifoja and do. Um, they one walk along the coastline because you just can walk and walk and walk and there's tons of things to see and they also have an old city wall that they've really they've done a really good job of preserving the old wall but also creating a pathway so that you can walk on the outside of it in between the old city wall and the water because it i mean it goes straight up into the sea and they've made like a little moat around it um mm-hmm. the sidewalk another thing that people do in Eskifoja is um eat at this ice cream place we didn't actually eat at the ice cream place because there's the line was the line was just super long um but there is a place called i think it's nazimi ustia ice cream place but it's known for its ice cream and the line was way out the door so we just ate at a different restaurant and then there was one other thing there's a third thing that i was thinking about i had read before we went that it's kind of known for some of the Aegean herbs that it collects around the areas. And really? remember when we're eating our, our fish, we got we decided to get a salad. And it wasn't like a tomato-based salad. It was actually just all herbs. Um, and that was – it was really good. And all it was was just green herbs that they had just mixed together. And then we had put lemon and olive oil on. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of – I didn't good. know it was known for that. Yeah. yeah I, I read about it, but I – as I was looking through some other um, – websites about Eskifoja after we went, I was like, oh yeah, like that's why those herbs were so good because Hmm. yeah, they're kind of known for their herbs along the Aegean coast. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. But I mean, the fourth thing would be the fish basically because there's all along the coast, there's just fishing boats after fishing boats after fishing boats. So there's tons of just fish and seafood that you can choose from like calamari and mussels and um, little fish. I like not sardines, little fish, <laughs> and then like the fish <laughs> that they call leverick and things like that. So I think leverick means bass. Oh, okay, okay, like sea bass. All right, yeah, yeah. So those anyway. are a couple of things, and it was it's a good for a day trip. It's also good for oh, the fifth thing that this is more than three <laughs> would be all the houses. Like they just go to look at all the cute houses because all of them, hmm. like we said, are just really old. So we did we did like four out of five of them. 
Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. And you can go for a a day, you can go for a weekend. Um, I think people even go for like a week-long vacation um, because there's lots of little bitty hotels there that you can choose from and they're right along the water and you can just sit on the like balcony and just look at the sea. Yeah, and we had a great time with these friends we'd met before. Um, they're new new friends, and so it was a good good time to get to know them better and and spend some time with them. Yeah, so it was. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, moving on. Great. Yeah, moving on to you already ruined the surprise. Uh, well, so, I mean, um, not if you cut that part out. <laughs> if you cut the part out that I didn't ruin it. No, I probably won't. <laughs> great. So um, last week, some of our really good friends here got married. That's right. And um, they're Turkish. And so we got to kind of experience the whole Turkish wedding phenomenon together. And so that was that was a lot of fun. And we're going to talk about it now. Yes. This was actually both of our first wedding to go to, right? Yeah. I had went, when I lived in Istanbul previously, I went to something for somebody. <laughs> and there were people I didn't know. And I'm not really even sure why I went. And I don't know what part, looking back now, I don't know what part of the ceremony it was. So <laughs> this is my first proper one where like, I actually knew the people who were getting married and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. Right. So there are several different parts to Turkish weddings, and I'm going to go through them. It's similar It's similar in the sense that, I mean, you have your engagement, um, but they have a couple of extra traditions along the way. So Yeah, we weren't here for their engagement. No, we they met them engaged. after they got engaged. So they've had, they had their engagement, and there's usually like a big party for that. It's kind of like getting married, that they invite all their friends and they celebrate their engagement. Um, hmm. And there's some traditions that go along with getting engaged, but since we didn't see that part, we could maybe just skip some of those traditions. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I don't know what they are. So, Well, I think one of the traditions is that there's the process of asking the bride's hands in marriage. And so basically you have to, I don't, I don't know how it works now. And we didn't talk to them about it and how it worked for them, because I know in Turkey, it could depend on the region that you live in, how different it might look. But basically both families come to an agreement of like marriage. (laughs) Like you have to agree on marriage um, before Maybe they ask each other and then they come to this agreement on marriage between their family. Um, like it's a whole family come – like the families agree that it's something to do, not just the the boy asks the girl, she says yes, and then they're engaged. It's It's a whole family affair. Well, so I think that nowadays it probably happens that way. Um but I, I think there's an actual ceremony that takes place between the families um, because mm. usually it has to do with like a ring and this handkerchief and like giving your word. So you do like a small engagement ceremony um, as like this giving of your word for marriage. Um, and some people do like a sweet for it, like a cake or a sweet dessert. This is what I've heard. Um, hmm. And something to do with like Turkish coffee too, like you making Turkish coffee for your perspective in-laws and so you make really good turkish coffee for your in-laws but um, there's a joke that goes around that the bride will then make really bad turkish coffee for her fiance and if her fiance drinks this 
terrible like i mean they'll put like a lot of salt in it or something to make it really salty instead of sugary and if their fiance will drink the turkish coffee without saying anything then it means he truly loves her like there's some like jokes that go around like that that mm-hmm. during the ceremony this is kind of these things happen um but yeah it's it was really interesting i don't know if they actually did this part of the engagement but i've heard other people have done this together yeah um and they have like the big ceremony because they had a big party and they have you know they had all their friends over to celebrate their engagement yeah so we like you said we weren't around for for that part of it but um yeah we got we got invited to their wedding and um we were really excited about that because we wanted to be there and celebrate with them and they got some Turks do the the whole wedding marriage day thing um, a little differently than in the States. A lot of it's the same, especially um, like here in Izmir. They're more, it's less traditional, but there's still some some fun things that they do that, that we don't do here in America. Um, yeah, so they start off with the, some one part that they start off with that we don't do is something called the Kunagajusi night. And it means like the henna night. I call it the henna night. People call it henna night in English. Um, but in some places, it's the night before the wedding as like a big celebration, um, uh, getting the wedding started. And uh, But this one happened nowadays. It kind of happens the week before the wedding starts. And that kind of kicks off the wedding festivities for the week. And they, they had theirs on a Saturday night, and they ended up getting married on a Thursday before a big holiday here in, in Turkey. Yeah. And so typically these in the past were only for the women, um, but ours, the one we went to, it was both the men and the women come. And I don't, I don't really know the reasons for that, uh, but, but it used to be just like the women, the bride and the bride's family and her friends got together to do this thing. Yeah. And so the last one that I went to, this is the only part of a wedding that I've gone to before. And it was when I lived in Istanbul um, and I didn't know the bride. So I wasn't exactly sure what was going on. But um, this time around, it was fun because we knew the people. The one I went to before, it only had women there. And the only person that was allowed in was the groom. Um, And he came as like this... He only came in for the part, like the traditional part that we'll talk about. But this time it was all mixed and it was anybody who wanted to come and it was at a hotel. And so it was a little bit yeah. more open, which was nice. Yeah. So there was there was food and dancing and really loud music and it was just lots of fun um, jumping around. Uh, it was it was a good a good party um, for the most part. And then there was this kind of middle part of it that was the traditional Mm, henna ceremony yeah so the bride actually she came out wearing just you know a nice dress and we this is like we're dancing around they're welcoming everybody's having fun and then she kind of halfway through or whatever leaves and go changes into her like a traditional dress like a traditional ottoman style dress and then they all come in again both are red like both of the dresses are there's symbolic reasoning for it. I'm not sure why it's red, but it's red. So, <laughs> yeah, red seems to play an important color yeah. in the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, but they all come in, and the the bride is kind of leading the procession with a bunch of other 
people behind her, and they all have um, candles in their hand with with henna. And they walk to the center of the room and sit down, and they do this, like, dance around them for a while. Am I getting this right? Am I remembering correctly? Yeah, yeah. There's usually yeah. the bride, and then there's – or there's – she has someone, like a family member – coming out before her with like a plate like it's a really big plate that has henna and the it's on fire <laughs> like there's and there's some sweet in the henna there's like a sweet there's some henna and then like some money and whatever they need for this like little ceremony and, and you're right mm-hmm. like all the women behind her are holding these candles and they're all dancing yeah and so the main part of the ceremony is they take some henna which is just it looks like this green clay like substance and put it in her hand and then put a coin right in her hand and close it and like tie it up and this somehow it represents what the like that they get all that they need for the wedding or for the marriage so you're right they take the henna and they put it on her hand uh, and then they put the coin in so i think the henna is from the family side and from what I heard from the last Kunig Agency that I've gone to is they put it on their hands and then other people put it henna on their hands as well. And I always asked why people put henna on their hands and they said it's to pray for the bride as she goes through this marriage process, like to pray for the bride and groom and their families. Um, and, hmm. and the coin is from, it says the bridegroom's side. Um, and I what I heard, <laughs> this is all like hearsay. And I didn't do a ton of research on it, but like it's it's for money to have wealth and like to always have all you need into your marriage, like that type of thing. Um, but yeah. yeah, and then they close up both of her hands and then they wrap them in like this red cloth or like a bag. And then she dances like that for some given amount of time. I've heard in the old times, I think I've heard that they have left their hands like that all night. And that just means like mm. there's a big glob of like henna stains on the inside of your hands. And so it's not like pretty yeah. henna. Like when we think of henna, we think of like pretty Indian design henna. This is not like that. This is like just a glob of henna on their hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had like she had the henna on her hands even during her wedding, but nobody else did. So it, nobody else did the henna at this henna night. And they gave away like little uh, – like favors that had henna in it that you could actually do it at home, that type of thing. Yeah. But it's like, I think it's like the giving over of the the bride too, like the significance of, because this is the time where the groom comes in and he sits in his seat and then she dances around him before then they do the henna of their hands, like the blessing of like giving her over and then putting the money in there but she's covered like her she puts like a veil over her face like a bride would um like a bride normally does like putting a veil over her face um as they will get married one day um and it's usually like a time they people will at least what i've heard like they'll dance and dance or they'll do these things in significance and they um as a time to like give celebrate giving over their family member to the other family because she's leaving her family and so they always wait to see if like the bride will actually cry um because they want to see the bride cry because she's leaving her family Hmm. yeah it's interesting i don't remember 
Yeah, I don't remember if she cried that night at all. I know she cried later. I can't remember I if it was just... I, can't, I don't remember if she did then or not. You know, something that I was thinking about this is something they grow up seeing for so long. Like, in the States, it's the same. Like, there's just certain traditions that you see happen so long that when it actually happens to you, you're like... It can be very emotional. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of it for that. I mean, she does... She gets the hen in her hand, and then she actually will dance... Um, around the groom as he is in the middle um, with everyone else dancing along as well. And so all of these women are, you know, dancing for the groom, like giving over the bride and starting the celebrations for the wedding week. Yeah, there is a lot of dancing. There's a lot of dancing. I will say that. And it's a lot not just of like, dancing. it's not like hip hop dancing. It's a lot of like holding hands and having like this line dance in a circle. I'm, what do they call those in yeah. Turkish? There's a certain word for them. I'm not sure. But there's all sorts of know. ones. Yeah. Like there's lots yeah. of different line dances that they do. Line dances, the yeah. only thing I can think of for these dances. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, that's what it would be in English. Right. But I don't know for sure what the, the Turkish words are for. Yeah. yeah so the next thing, um, so t- typically the the Henna night is the night before the wedding, um, but our friends did it uh, like the weekend before. But the next thing that happens, it happens on the morning of the day of the wedding, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is where they call it the fetching of the bride. And so we went to like the groom's house in the morning first, and his family is there. It meets him there and gets him and there is a like a band it's a small small band there was like a a guy with a big drum and a small drum there was a clarinet and a trumpet is that it yeah, yeah. it was i mean mostly and, it's like we hired a drummer is what he said like we have a drummer that's coming and we're like, oh, oh okay. yeah but there's other people yeah and so they're they're playing in the streets and everyone's singing and dancing and doing these like circle dances and so we're there for, I don't know how long, um, maybe 10 minutes or so dancing in the street. And then everybody gets in the car and it's like him and his, some his friends and his, his family. And we all get in cars and drive out to the bride's house. And here, the bride's house, they go in and um, who all went in? I don't think... The the groom went in, right? Just yeah, part of the in. groom's family? Yeah, he has to go get the bride. Oh, okay. But I th- okay, yeah. So, yeah. So they all went into her house Basically and the groom got and her. Then his yeah. mom and then his dad, like they're close family. So, his mom, his dad, his sister, and him. They all went up to go. Like, yeah, they all went up and <laughs> yeah. And I guess I don't know what they did in there. Do you know? <laughs> it sounds bad. No, I mean like, <laughs> was there like? Did they have to give her family anything yeah, so or, what or did they just like go up told and... me um, was basically not everybody goes to this part. Like it's mostly just close family members like cousins, aunts, uncles, that type of thing. Um, but yeah, they come to the door and they knock on the door to get the bride from the family. And usually like the brother, if there's a brother in the family, he'll, um, he'll kind of play this game with them about not – knowing who it is and we'll be like who is it and the groom's like it's me i've come to press you know get my bride and he's like i don't know who you are so they kind of play this game like 
in between the door, not letting him come in to get his bride yet. Um, yeah. And then eventually, of course, they give the bride over to her groom for the wedding day. Um, it's kind of like it's a really big deal because this is her like leaving her childhood home to now go be with her groom. And so she's no longer going to go back to this home that she's grown up in. And so I think that's why it's such it's such a big deal in this culture. Like this is where she grew up. This is her family. And now like he's picking her up to leave her family. Um, and part of them leaving is that the brother will take a red ribbon and tie it around her um, as a symbol of, of the bride basically. But the, what I've heard it called as the maidenhood belt. It's um, Bekaret Kusha Aya. I'm saying it wrong. Um, but, and she did. She When she came down, um, it seemed to have been a very emotional time leaving her family yeah. and coming to meet her groom. Uh, not emotional and, I mean, there's sadness there, but it's emotional and like there's joy there as well. Like there, it's mixed there. Yeah, people were crying. Yeah, lots of people were crying. It was yeah very touching. Um, but once, so she came out of the house and into the street, and then there's the dancing resumes, and the band plays, and everybody dances, and we were probably there. I don't know a half hour dancing in the street. Yeah, it was and a long time. It might have been longer. Mostly than that. we maybe mostly we were just watching them dance in the street, but they they got us to dance at least once in the circles yeah it it was really sweet because she'll come out and she'll dance and then they'll dance together and then the family all dances and then we popped in for a little bit um yeah and it was it was it was a good um like she comes out sad but she leaves happy um like and she's she's no longer crying when she leaves like she's ready to go by the end of it and maybe it's because of all the dancing that's made them tired (laughs) And she's just ready to be done. But, um, yeah, I think it's a really good – I thought it was a really good start to the wedding day because everyone's celebrating and they're all ready for the day to get started. And what seems like it could be a really hard, drawn-out thing, like you kind of get it over with in the morning and then like you're just ready for the for the rest of the wedding day to happen. Yeah, one funny thing about that is the the guy with the big drum was kind of leading everything, but whenever he would beat on the drum, there was a car next to like everything that's happening and its alarm would go off. Yeah, this is And not so like- all the time he's playing, <laughs> this car alarm is going off. Yeah. yeah it's not like in a running. special place either. It is in the middle yeah. of a street in the middle of a neighborhood. And so yeah. everyone hears this coming. Everyone watches the like the dancing. Um, and so everyone's just on their balconies like looking over and seeing what's going on and um, it was really fun. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so that kind of kicks off the wedding. And then um, there is the actual wedding. So they got they got they got their hair done. They got dressed um, and then headed out and took pictures before their wedding. And then the wedding happened that night and it started at 730. But technically, it really didn't start till like nine. It seemed like. Well, the invitation said eight o'clock and there was supposed to, I guess, be some stuff before that. But and this is just the way this culture works is totally that just it's the way time. It yeah. Time is just kind of a fluid 
concept. And so people were showing up at eight and, but like the things didn't really kick off until, oh, 830 or 845. Yeah. Right. And so here, um, at least I don't know what some of the traditional things are, but it seemed like in the States, we make a really big deal about seeing each other for the first time. And here, the really big deal was going to pick up the bride in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because then the rest of the time, it didn't seem like a big deal whenever he saw her. Like, if he saw her with her makeup done, it was fine. Like, if he saw her after she got her hair done, well, he didn't see her in between getting her makeup done and putting her dress on. So that was kind of a big time. But she was waiting for him to come see, and then I don't think he was ready. And then she was like, I'm just going to go. <laughs> so um, it was... It was sweet. It it was different than how we, I mean, how we did it in the states. Because you and I had like a photographer there and like pic- taking pictures during that time. Um, the time we saw each yeah, other, the first time the that we saw time. each other, um, and we yeah. had already seen each other that day as well in the morning. But yeah, so we it was different for us. Like the first look is kind of a big deal in the states, but for them, like picking up the bride and then spending the day getting ready for the wedding was kind of the the big deal for them so yeah um and they got and i was since i was a witness in the wedding that was kind of a big one yeah yeah you haven't mentioned that no i was asked to be the witness in the wedding and what that means is here they do like a signature signing ceremony um and i was not sure how like what was all gonna go down here um in the states Every ceremony is different. And so you end up spending the night before rehearsing what's going to happen because it's like a 30 or 40 minute ordeal. This one is Turkish weddings are basically like five minutes and you say the same thing at pretty much every wedding because there's uh, somebody from like the government (laughs) from like the neighborhood office that will marry everyone. And so they kind of like come out and kind of do this whole like do you accept this person and they say yes then you know do you accept this person they say yes and then they each uh, bride and groom has two witnesses and so i was asked to be one of the two witnesses for the bride and then the guy had two witnesses as well and then all of us are asked do you think these two should get married and then we all say yes and then we take our turn signing the documents Um, and it's in like this massive like inch thick book of like all of the weddings recorded ever in history maybe not in history <laughs> probably like like a thousand of those books but it's really it's really wow. interesting it's like in a book in a book with all the other weddings that they're going to have sometime around this time yeah cool yeah so that's kind of they have this signing that's the big like ceremony of them actually getting married and sometimes that takes place at the party location sometimes it doesn't sometimes it takes place somewhere else or on a different Mm. day or however else they want to do it but this was all in one place so everyone came to the wedding and then they introduced the bride and groom the bride and groom like walked down the aisle together with like fireworks going off (laughs) (laughs) and not fireworks but like uh pyrotechnics yes it was it was an entrance like, we didn't have those yeah. fireworks at our wedding. Um, no. And they walked down. We had, big, huh? we had big sparklers when people left. These were like big sparklers. These were like massive. No, they were like pyrotechnics, yeah. Yeah. 
So they like walk down the aisle and then you do the signing that I just explained. And then after that, the party starts to celebrate like the marriage of this couple. Yeah. And with what? More dancing. More dancing. Dancing, dancing, dancing. Yeah. Lots of dancing. So they have their first dance like right after they're announced husband and wife. Um, they even have – so like I said, we signed this like really big book that has their pictures in it, has all of our signatures and all of our information in it. But then they get like this little red book that shows that they're married. And so all of these pictures of Turkish weddings will like have like a picture of them signing the book with the government – minister person approving the marriage and then they get their own little red book that shows that they're married and they always like hold it up in a picture because it like everyone knows that that red book means that they just got like married Hmm. do you remember that at the end of the signing yeah i yeah i remember so then they get to go and have their first dance and then after their first dance everyone joins them yep and then we all danced for a while we all danced together (laughs) yeah it was fun and then for the rest of the night, it was mostly dancing. Um, there is a cake cutting ceremony, but the cake was was not real. And I don't. I guess this might be Shh, typical. They have don't this like all the secret <laughs> huge fake cake. I mean, the cake is huge. It's a beautiful. But it's apparently cake. not real. And so they posed to cut it. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was beautiful with like a machete. <laughs> and they like cut it, but There's it's not real. So and then. Babe. There were swords. Was, oh, it was a sword. Not a machete. Yeah. It's like machete is like something you hack at a plant with or something or kill someone with. Yeah. It was not. Okay. It was more elegant than that. It was like a sword. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so they bring out the cake um, later, but it's not the same cake. But it was good. It was actually ice cream cake, mm-hmm. which I love ice cream cake. I do too. Yep. And then there's the other part of, then there's more dancing, of course. And then they do like a reception line where they stand in front and then kind of everybody can form a line to get pictures in them and give them their gifts. And so gifts work differently in, in kind of in America, we just bring, you know, we buy something from the registry, we buy a toaster and we bring it and like, here's your toaster. But they do it differently here where they just give, they give money and gold coins actually. And during the whole process, they, in your reception line, you bring the money you brought them or the gold coins that you brought them and you pin it onto these ribbons that they're wearing. And so um, you can see, we'll post the picture of us with them and you can see that around around their necks are these, there's just money hanging off of them. And this is all of the gifts that people I give them. And then they use this money to go and, and set up their house and, you know, start their wedded life together. Yeah, that's like if you go to a Turkish wedding, unless you really make an effort, that's going to be the only time that you ever really talk to the bride and groom besides the dance floor because they're always dancing. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, it's just there's just so many people that it would be hard to get around. And so I – we at our wedding, in between – when was it? We got married in the same place that we had our reception and we had like a little 30-minute break between our ceremony and the actual dinner and we took pictures someplace and then they announced us coming in and then after we came in we like uh, had everyone was sitting down when we came in and so then they would kind of let people go by table to go get food because it was kind of a buffet line and that's where we saw everyone 
when we came through. Mm -hmm. So people could see us at that time and take pictures with us because we didn't make it around to everyone later because I was dancing too much. (laughs) But that was, I liked that they did that at the, at their wedding. Like that, it's good Mm -hmm. that it seems to be like everyone knows that that's going to come and it usually comes halfway in between and after the cake cutting. And then that's usually when everyone, I think the older generation or younger, if you just like to get some rest and not stay up late, will I think head out after that time and let the younger people dance the night away. So, yeah, because this was, I mean, around 1130 or so when they were doing this part of it. Right. And and we left a little bit after that. Yeah, and it was fine. It was it was a beautiful. It actually rained that day, but by the time the party came around, it wasn't raining anymore. Yeah, it was a little chilly, but um, it was a chilly day for for the like almost the end of May. But yeah. the bride was gorgeous. The groom was handsome. Everything went really smoothly. Um. And I thought overall, yeah. like, for the most part, everyone seemed to be really relaxed. <laughs> Nobody was stressed. Yeah, it was. Anything. Yeah, it turned out, I think, really well. Yeah. And I, sh- I should say a little bit about the venue. In the States, you'll pick, I mean, people will choose all different types of venue, venues for this, but um, these are like actual wedding salon places. Like there's not many other things that they use these areas for except for weddings. And they're, they're even called wedding salons. Like they're ma- meant for it. And so they have everything there. I think you just pay for the place and you tell them a few things that you want decoration wise. And maybe you'll do some of your own decorations. But other than that, everything is taken care of. Mm-hmm. which is really nice. They also, like, it looks a little bit different. They had a little bit more appetizers there instead of, like, a, a main meal. And, I mean, that's the same in the States. Like, you can have – some people do a lot of food. Some people don't do a lot of food. And I think weddings yeah. would be different here as well. Yeah, I, I we were sitting with a Turkish couple, and I had asked them, like – what what to expect and they said they don't know because it they didn't like help plan the wedding and there there's not just like one way to do it so some people have full meals some people just have like appetizers and and so it's it's not a there's not just one way to do it yeah but overall it was it was really great and we were really happy that we could we could attend and be part of their day and we're glad that they included us as much as they did. We felt really blessed by that. Yeah, it was especially for the the morning part where they go and they actually get the bride from their home. One, I didn't know that they did that before they invited us to do it. And then two, just like to be a part of that special part of their day as well was just really it was just really fun. So I think I yeah. may have enjoyed that more than the wedding. <laughs> Um, but I think because it was just more intimate in general, but it was great. Um, yeah. So congratulations to our friends, Melissa and Khan and to your wedding and congrats on your marriage. And we hope that it is a beautiful and wonderful first year as you learned to grow and live together as husband and wife. Yeah. So I'd like to hear from anybody listening if there's other, if you've ever been to a wedding in another culture, like what was it like and how was it different? Um, I'd be really interested to hear that from you. So uh, anything else? 
that you have? No, I think that's it. Okay. Um, so as always, you can leave us those things on um, Facebook at facebook.com slash funk travels. You can on Instagram at funk travels or Twitter at funk travels and always at our home on the web funk travels.com. So thanks for joining us and we will see you next time.